0: Hello and welcome again to the Rare Possessions Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Galletti. And with me is Jared Riddick. Happy to be here.
1: How's the archive doing? Archive's doing really well. Awesome. We've got a lot of cool stuff moving in. At time of recording, I want to say we have 5,639 items in the archive. Awesome. And Um, these are fairly new editions. These are new editions. These were found by one of our researchers, actually, uh, uh, Stephen Smoot, who's been a friend of the podcast before. In the uh, course of some research he was doing, he stumbled across these. and. I had somehow missed them during my initial past, during the uh, improvement era and the first two decades of the 20th century. And so I was thrilled to add these into the archive.
0: Yeah. This one, part four, is the gospel restores through Joseph Smith or is restored through Joseph Smith. And it's essentially where he's laying out the coming forth of the gospel as part Mm -hmm. of prophetic fulfillment uh, of, well, prophecies in the Book of Mormon. What else do we we see in this that's, that's worthy of we note? We see
1: some reflection here that this is a fulfillment, the restoration is a brilliant fulfillment of prophecy and that he specifically begins, well, kind of not begins, begins and ends this article by talking about some of the uh, early missionary work, quote unquote, to the Lamanites that we see in the Doctrine and Covenants that, uh, that his grandfather, Harley P. Pratt, was engaged in, visiting native tribes out into the, what they would call the West then, we would call the Midwest now, part of the United States. And we're, we're seeing the beginnings um, of the gospel being taught to the Lamanites in their day, and that's what he wants to set out. And he's got a very intimate, personal connection to this. Uh, not only is his grandfather the person sent, his own father, Helaman, um, was one of the missionaries that engaged in the first baptisms that we have record of in Mexico. Yeah, This is very much a, a very familial and personal enterprise to him. This is something that he feels very strongly about and that his family has been Literally involved in for generations,
0: and again, I think we it's it's worthy of note to mention again the use of the word Lamanites mm-hmm. and how different those terms were used generationally. It seems like
1: well, up on up, frankly, until the 1970s and 80s, we still had the Lamanite placement program. Yeah, and yeah, that was it was the language of the church, and uh, it hasn't persisted till today. We should be very very aware that this is how members of the church thought and referred uh, to this missionary labor.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, too, and we'll find this more in next week. I, I get the impression that in some ways, some people used Lamanite as a pejorative. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's at all his intention here.
1: No, I think he's actually trying to curtail that.
0: Right. and In fact, I think that the, the whole idea that he, of the restoration and the coming forth of the Book of Mormon was to say, these are people that are of the house of Israel, and we should be welcoming them and being yeah. kind to them and share the gospel with them.
1: Yeah, which we'll go into more on the on the next part. Yeah, for sure. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah. So anyway, not a whole lot of commentary on this one other than it's a really interesting way to kind of couch the restoration with respect to prophecies with the Book of Mormon and the Lamanites. So enjoy a reading of part four. The Gospel to the Lamanites, part four by Ray L. Pratt, found in the Improvement Era, June 1913. The Gospel Restored Through Joseph Smith, the Prophet Nephi, when he uttered the foregoing words, was talking to his brethren and explaining unto them a vision that their father Lehi had received, concerning the future of his posterity. Again, in 2 Nephi chapter 30, we find Nephi prophesying in regard to the restoration of his people. Quote, And now I would prophesy somewhat concerning the Jews and the Gentiles. For after the book which I have spoken shall come forth, and be written unto the Gentiles, and sealed up again unto the Lord. There shall be many which shall believe the words which are written, and they shall carry them forth unto the remnant of our seed. And then shall the remnant of our seed know concerning us how that we came out from Jerusalem, and that they are descendants of the Jews. And the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be declared among them, Wherefore, they shall be restored unto the knowledge of their fathers, and also to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which was had among their fathers. And then shall they rejoice, for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of God, and their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a white and delightsome people, end quote. Nephi also saw that the Lord would not permit the Gentiles to forever remain in that state of spiritual darkness that they were in when they came unto this land, because of the plain and precious parts of the gospel that had been held back from them by the great and abominable church whose foundation was the devil, but that after the Gentiles had stumbled exceedingly because of the precious things that were held back by that church, the Lord would be merciful unto them, even to the restoring among them by his power much of his gospel that would be plain and precious. He saw how the Lord would manifest himself unto his seed, and that they should write many of the things that he should minister unto them, which things should be true and plain and precious. And that through the power of the Lamb, these things should come forth in the own due time of the Lord unto the Gentiles. And among them shall be written my gospel, my rock and my salvation, saith the Lamb. We see very plainly from the foregoing quotations that the Lord has never intended that all of His covenant people that dwell upon this continent should perish at the hands of the Gentiles, who should come among them to scatter and smite them. And we also see very plainly that the scattering and smiting of the remnant of the seed of Lehi was not the only mission that the Gentiles had in coming to the land, but that they were to receive the fullness of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and that one of their grand missions was to carry that grand and glorious gospel. To the remnant of the seed of Lehi and Nephi, who dwell upon this land, and who are a covenant people of the Lord's. The glorious restoration of the gospel through the prophet Joseph Smith in the year 1830 fulfills in every detail the prophecies uttered in regard to the restoration of the gospel to the Gentiles. The gospel, in all its fullness and purity, with all the powers and gifts and blessings that have ever pertained to it in any age of the world, has again been restored to man through the instrumentality of that youthful, Though mighty prophet. And the book spoken of, that should be written by the descendants of Nephi, and that should contain the fullness of the everlasting gospel of the Lamb, has been restored unto this people, by a mighty prophet from the race that wrote it, even the prophet Moroni, the last one to write it, and who sealed it up and hid it away until the time of the Lord should come, that it should come forth as a new witness for God in the world, containing his gospel, his rock, and his salvation bringing again and delivering to the world those precious things once possessed by it, but held back by the great and abominable church, the whore of the whole earth, under whose curse the world has been weighed down and held back for centuries. A divinely inspired history of peoples, long since dead and forgotten, of whom no other history exists. Peoples whose civilization and culture evidenced by the majestic ruins of their mighty cities left standing till this day were as great as those of ancient Egypt, and very little short, if at all, of our boasted civilization and culture of today. A key to the mystery of the origin of the American Indian, a question that has baffled the learning and science of our day, a book that contains within its sacred covers hope and great promises of restoration that the same Indian race, low as they have been brought by their Gentile oppressors, thanks be to God for its restoration and for its translation by the boy prophet through the divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It is now accessible to the whole world and is read and treasured by hundreds of thousands. The gospel in all its purity has been preached for the past 82 years among many of the Gentile nations of the world. And the church has grown from its small beginning of six members in the year 1830 till it numbers today nearly a million souls. And at the present time, Thousands are joining yearly in the foreign missions maintained among the nations of the Gentiles. Time of Redemption of the Lamanites But from the foregoing it will be seen that the Lord has promised to do a work of restoration among His people who are of the house of Israel, and that He will not leave them forever in their state of oppression and in their scattered condition, but that He will restore to them the truth and restore them to the land of their inheritance and he has made it very plain through his prophets that the gospel and their restoration through it is to come unto them from the Gentiles who would accept his gospel as restored among them in the latter days. The Lord has not left us in the dark as to when this work of restoration was to begin among the house of Israel, and as this article is dealing more particularly with the branch of the covenant peoples of the Lord that dwells upon this continent, I wish to quote a few passages contained in the Book of Mormon that will give us to know when the Lord intended that his people should begin to be redeemed from their fallen condition. The words of Christ himself, spoken to the Nephites at the time when he appeared and established his church among them, as recorded in 3 Nephi chapter 21, are as follows, And verily I say unto you, I give unto you a sign, that ye may know the time when these things shall be brought to take place, that I shall gather in their long dispersion my people, O house of Israel, and shall establish again among them my Zion. And behold, this is the thing which I will give unto you for a sign. For verily I say unto you, that when these things which I declare unto you, and which I shall declare unto you hereafter of myself, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, which shall be given unto you of the Father, shall be made known unto the Gentiles, that they may know concerning this people, who are a remnant of the house of Jacob, and concerning this my people who shall be scattered by them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when these things shall be made known unto them of the Father, and shall come forth of the Father from them unto you. For it is wisdom in the Father that they should be established in this land, and be set up as a free people by the power of the Father, that these things might come forth from them unto a remnant of your seed, that the covenant of the Father may be fulfilled which he hath covenanted with his people, O house of Israel. Therefore, when these works, and the works which shall be wrought among you hereafter, shall come forth from the Gentiles unto your seed, which shall dwindle in unbelief because of iniquity, for thus it behooveth the Father that it should come forth from the Gentiles, that he may show forth his power unto the Gentiles, for this cause that the Gentiles, if they will not harden their hearts, that they may repent and come unto me, and be baptized in my name, and know of the true points of my doctrine." that they may be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. And when these things shall come to pass, that thy seed shall begin to know these things, it shall be a sign unto them that they may know that the work of the Father hath already commenced unto the fulfilling of the covenant which he hath made unto the people who are of the house of Israel. And when that day shall come, it shall come to pass that kings shall shut their mouths, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. For in that day for my sake shall the Father work a work, which shall be a great and marvelous work among them. And then shall the work of the Father commence at that day, even when this gospel shall be preached among the remnant of this people. Verily I say unto you, at that day shall the work of the Father commence among all the dispersed of my people, yea, even the tribes which have been lost, which the Father hath led away out of Jerusalem. Yea, the work shall commence among all the dispersed of my people with the Father, to prepare the way whereby they may come unto me, that they may call on the Father in my name. Yea, and then shall the work commence with the Father among all nations, in preparing the way whereby his people may be gathered home to the land of their inheritance. And they shall go out from all nations, and shall not go out in haste, nor go by flight; for I will go before them, saith the Father. And I will be their reward. End quote. Again, in Third Nephi, chapter sixteen, Christ speaks to the Nephites thus: quote, "But woe saith the Father unto the unbelieving of the Gentiles, for notwithstanding they have come forth upon the face of this land, and have scattered my people who are of the house of Israel, and my people who are of the house of Israel have been cast out from among them, and have been trodden under foot by them." and because of the mercies of the Father unto the Gentiles, and also the judgments of the Father upon my people, who are of the house of Israel. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that after all this, and I have caused my people who are of the house of Israel to be smitten, and to be afflicted, and to be slain, and to be cast out from among them, and to become hated by them, and to become a hiss, and a byword among them. And thus commandeth the Father that I should say unto you at that day when the Gentiles shall sin against my Gospel, and shall be lifted up in the pride of their hearts above all nations, and above all the people of the whole earth, and shall be filled with all manner of lyings, and of deceits, and of mischiefs, and all manner of hypocrisy, and murders, and priestcrafts, and whoredoms, and of secret combinations. And if they shall do all these things, and shall reject the fullness of my Gospel, Behold, saith the Father, I will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them. And I will remember my covenant which I made unto my people, O house of Israel. And I will bring my gospel unto them. And I will show thee, O house of Israel, that the Gentiles shall not have power over you. But I will remember my covenant unto you, O house of Israel, and ye shall come unto the knowledge of the fullness of my gospel. A careful comparison of the foregoing Scripture with the prophecies that have been fulfilled in our day and the conditions that surround us, will show us that all of the conditions that the Lord said should come to pass before the house of Israel was to begin to be redeemed, have come to pass. The Gentiles have been brought to this land of America by the power of the Lord, and they have been set up a free and powerful people, yea, even more powerful than any people upon the face of the whole earth. They have smitten the Lamanites, trodden them down, and destroyed them until the Lamanites now only number one-tenth of what they did at the coming of the Gentiles. The gospel in all its purity and with all its gifts and powers and blessings and privileges has been restored unto them, and the Book of Mormon, with its history of a branch of the house of Israel and containing the fullness of the everlasting gospel, has been restored and translated by the power of the Lord among them, and hundreds of thousands of people now profess a belief in the book and in the principles of the gospel as restored. The Work Barely Begun As early as September 1830, the same year in which the church was organized, a revelation was given to Oliver Cowdery through the prophet Joseph Smith, commanding that the gospel be carried to the Lamanites, and that the church among them be established. Three others of the first elders of the church were also called by Revelation to assist him in this great work. They were Parley P. Pratt, Peter Whitmer Jr., and Ziba Peterson, and in fulfillment of the call, the gospel was carried to the Indian tribes then living west of the Missouri River, and from that day to the present the gospel has been taught and maintained among some of the branches of that people, the Indians or Lamanites. Thousands of them now rejoice in the knowledge of the true gospel and in the knowledge that they are of the house of Israel, so it would seem that the sign that was to mark the time when the Father was to begin his work among his people for their redemption has been fulfilled. It was the Savior who spoke of the matter thus, and when these things shall come to pass, thy seed, the seed of the Nephites and the Lamanites to whom he was speaking, shall begin to know of these things, of what lineage they are, and the fulness of the true Gospel. It shall be a sign unto them, that they may know that the work of the Father hath already commenced unto the fulfilling of the covenant which he hath made unto the people who are of the house of Israel." Quote. But truly the work of the Father unto the fulfilling of the covenant which he has made unto this people has only commenced. For there are yet millions of the descendants of the seed of Nephi and Laman living in this blessed land of America, including North and South America, that do not know that the true gospel is in existence. They have never heard of an apostasy or a restoration, that have ever heard of an elder preach the truth, and have never had in their hands a book or tract that taught it as restored to earth from heaven in our day. Thank you for listening to part four of of The Gospel to the Lamanites by Ray L. Pratt, as printed in the Improvement Era in June 1913. Stay subscribed to this podcast to hear the final part five of this series by subscribing in iTunes or on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to the Rare Possessions podcast by Book of Mormon Central.